you, I'll marry you. Watch Marry Me. Jennifer Lopez, Owen Wilson, Maluma, Marry Me. Directed by Kat Koiro. Ready PG-13. In theaters and streaming only on Peacock. Sign up now. Visit PeacockTV.com. Welcome back, Bayside. Streaming only on Peacock. Can't wait to start junior year. Saved by the Bell is back. This is gonna be awesome. And taking school spirit. Our rivals just destroyed our mascot. We're gonna crush Valley. To the max. If we don't learn from the past, we are doomed to repeat it. That's why we have all these reboots of teen shows from the 90s. Get a new idea, Hollywood. Saved by the Bell. New season streaming now. Let's do this, baby. Only on Peacock. You know, choppy choppy, your pee pee's gone. So I, just, I hate to say it for the fans of Takamichinoku and, and uh, Dick to go. Uh, are they going to bleep out Dick Togo's name? By the way, is that going to be too much? Is is are they going to look at that and go? Yeah, we can't do that. It's still really damn it. Everybody, welcome to this week's edition of the Still Realto Show, episode number 581 for April 1st, 2021. Welcome to this week's edition of SRTU. I'm one half of the show. I am Jeff Peck, joined every single week by my co-host, the one only Dr. Trey Franklin. Dr. Trey, what is up, my friend? Oh, not much. Just uh, you and I are talking off the air about... Uh getting ready for my little heart procedure and a little bit of extra exfoliating. So uh, some of the conversations we have off air are just as good as the ones we have on air. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. My friend, it's, it's, uh, it's, this is like the calm before the storm this week. Wouldn't you say when it comes to a wrestling fan perspective, uh, is this back? Are we back on tornado watch the tornado podcast? Cause yeah, this is kind <laughs> of like the eye of the storm where everything's just calm and, like nothing's really going on. You're just waiting for chaos to erupt in a zoo. Uh, as I think we have uh, in, in the matter of one week, we'll have 8,000 hours of wrestling. Uh, so it's going it, to be a long week. It's going to be a long week. Dr. Trey and I, for those who've been a long time, like the WWE Network era of SRTU, when they added NXT TakeOver, the Hall of Fame, WrestleMania, uh, the, the Raw after WrestleMania, that show afterwards, like, it just sounded like Dr. Trey and I were in a 12-round fight afterwards. Like, it's a very enjoyable time. It's an exciting time to be a wrestling fan. Uh, which, by the way, programming note, this podcast is going to be available earlier than normal. Dr. Trey and I are going to be recording the WrestleMania 37-week preview uh, edition of the show on Monday night. And uh, we'll make it available 
either Monday night or Tuesday morning to kick off your WrestleMania week. So there is programming out for the first time ever um, since dating back to the days that Dr. Trey and I were doing the Saturday show. When SRTU first launched, it was on Saturdays and we moved it to Thursdays. Uh, this podcast won't be made available on Thursday. However, it will be made available days earlier to get you ready for WrestleMania because Tuesday night, Hall of Fame ceremony, not only just one Hall of Fame ceremony, Dr. Trey, two, two classes at least, 2020, 2021. Wednesday night, NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver night one. Thursday night, NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver night two. If you're an NXT UK fan like myself, you have NXT UK Prelude, which is being headlined by matches like um, Noam Dar versus Tyler Bate in a uh, British rounds match. Uh, Walter uh, is going to be defending this championship. And then Friday night, I just saw they announced it's going to be like the road, a special road to WrestleMania edition of SmackDown, where they're going to look at the triple threat match, uh, a fatal four way match for the SmackDown tag team championship will be held. And then the Andre, the giant Memorial battle Royal Saturday night, night one, WrestleMania 37, Sunday night, night two, WrestleMania 37, Monday night, raw after WrestleMania, Tuesday night, NXT, first time on uh, NXT and Tuesday nights. The Wednesday night after, AW Dynamite. Thursday, we're back here for a normal show, recapping everything. Like, um, after, so Sunday, this upcoming Sunday, Dr. Trey, will be the last time where there'll be no professional wrestling on television until uh, about eight days later, that following Saturday. That is, that is that is insane. Um, I mean, you are classifying the Hall of Fame as res, as wrestling, but you know it, it's programming, uh, right? It's part of WrestleMania week, I would say. Yes, it's, so it's actual. Yeah, it's programming. Um, but yeah, this is uh, the uh, this is the wrestling fans' gauntlet. It, it, it's how long can you last before you actually end up tapping out? Because I don't know about you. I mean. You've been through a WrestleMania. I've been through a WrestleMania in person. Those are exhausting days. They are, yeah. Uh, you know, going through last year WrestleMania, uh, you know, two nights wasn't bad, but the previous year, I mean, it was it was eight and a half hours of programming just on, you know, WrestleMania day, and that's not counting, you know, the NXT show the night before the WrestleMania. I mean, we used to get exhausted with like 13 to 15 hours. I mean, seriously, we are looking at 10 days uh, we're looking at 20 to 25 hours of programming at least just over the next, well, 10 days. I mean, that's, it's a crazy amount. And that's just, and that's if they keep the, the Hall of Fame ceremony short. Yeah, I know. Well, it's been taped, so one can only hope. Um, I remember WrestleMania 35, which we'll put in as like the last, quote, normal WrestleMania. I sat on my couch like around 4.45 p.m. that evening, and... I did not leave that couch until after close to 1230 in the morning on Monday. Um, we certainly talked about it here on this podcast that uh, shortly afterwards, like how long that WrestleMania was. It was the longest in history. And I think we even discussed at that time, like putting it to two nights. It made sense last year. WrestleMania last year was a different feel because there was legitimately nothing else to do a year ago at this time. There was no NXT takeover. They ended up carrying basically those matches over on the USA Network. The Hall of Fame was shelved. They moved WrestleMania to two nights. And uh, it was an escape from the real world at that point. And we needed it. And it was fine. It was really good. It was like, I think those shows each were maybe three hours max. I'm interested to see what they do in a couple weeks here, Dr. Trey. Or, or next weekend, I should say. With WrestleMania. 
itself. Like I think those could be short as well. But um, yeah, it's it's an exhausting week, man. I mean, it's an exhausting week. It's a fun week, but it's exhausting because you want to keep. You can't. I don't know how how you are with this, but you can't fall behind on this programming at all. Like you have to be locked in. You you can't because if you miss if you want to see Hall of Fame and you miss the Hall of Fame, and then all of a sudden you watch NXT take over and you're like, shit, I should watch the Hall of Fame. Then you're just like you're backed up, and you want to get to Saturday where the coast is clear, and you could just sit down and you could watch WrestleMania. You you cannot fall behind on this programming. For WrestleMania week, as absurd as that sounds, Dr. Trey, if you're a fan who wants to watch all the content, I'm one of those fans, got to do it for this podcast. It's very difficult to fall behind during WrestleMania week. Now, I I mean, I have a medical exemption coming up for the Hall of Fame ceremony. Um, So on that note, note, I can probably skip that and catch up on that later. But yeah, like even coming out of recovery, if it's Wednesday, like I'm going to be tuned in and dialed in. And, you know, I was hoping SmackDown would just be like a preview and you know, one of those build-up shows, but, oh, no, no, we're going to throw some tag team title matches in here. We're going to throw in the the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. We're going to throw some other stuff in there that we don't have time for on two nights of WrestleMania to include. Like, I was kind of hoping to get, like, a breather on Friday, but nope, got to tune in for Friday as well. So we got to run the, you know, we got to run the gamut. That's just the way it goes. So um, hopefully uh, by the end of this, like, I don't know what you like. Once that last Monday night Raw hits, like, there is part of me that goes, okay, I want to shut it down. But now with NXT moving to Tuesday, and you know they're going to do something big for that, and then Dynamite being unopposed, you know they're going to do something big for that. Man, that, that Thursday, I feel bad for Impact. They might draw a 0.00 rating because I don't know if anybody's going to have the energy to, you know, to track down Impact on their uh, local satellite company to come that Thursday. Yeah, I'm. I'm looking. I've talked about it. We talked about it here on last week's show. I am looking at forward to how the wrestling programming schedule shakes out now afterwards. Because uh, watching two shows that that do carry a lot of weight and importance on this podcast, like NXT and AW Dynamite, was very difficult because you can only watch one of the shows on Wednesday night and maybe squeeze in a half an hour to an hour to the other show on DVR and then try to watch the other show. This is like what I do for every time we do the podcast. The next day, and you're like doing that in between lunch uh, while you're working or doing it after work uh, and trying to squeeze in those last 45 minutes like I was doing before we sat down here and did the podcast today because you want to be up to date on the stuff uh, when you do a wrestling podcast. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing where the wrestling programming goes, but this upcoming week is is definitely going to be uh, enjoy your time with your family on Easter. If you celebrate Easter, Passover, what have you. Enjoy your time with your family because this will be the last time you see them for a while as a wrestling fan. Um, we'll talk about this probably at great length, Dr. Trey, you know, maybe next week, certainly after WrestleMania 37 as well. We talked about the um, night one, night two concept last year. They're doing it again this year. It makes financial sense because they're basically getting two gates. Um, and if there's 45,000 fans, which it's been rumored that's what they're looking for, for WrestleMania 37 on both nights, that's 90,000 total. It's like a typical WrestleMania. Um, do you think the night one, night two concept could potentially stay longer? Like, is this something that Vince is going to go, this is something I may want to do for, for the long haul? Well, we talked about a couple of years ago when we had that you know marathon night. I said, you know, there was part of me that wanted to do it like Wrestle Kingdoms. I thought Wrestle Kingdom uh, had been pulling it off pretty well. 
the previous you know few years with doing two nights. And as long as you have a pretty good headline match for night one and night two, the concept isn't lost. I mean, I mean, you think about how exhausting it is for fans. Think how exhausting it is for the guys who work the show for WWE. And I don't mean the wrestlers. I mean, you know, the ring crew, the camera guys. You know, the the even the security guys. They're on their feet for nine, ten, eleven hours straight. You know, just on a typical one day WrestleMania. To me, it does make a lot of sense if you can draw two gates, uh, ease the burden on your staff, because not to mention. After WrestleMania, you got to pack up and get to Raw. I mean, luckily, most places now they have, when they have WrestleMania, they have another building nearby to host Raw. So it's not like it's that far of a trek. But, you know, back in the old days when they'd have it at Madison Square Garden and the next night there in like Bridgeport, Connecticut, even though that's only like a, you know, two hour drive, it's still, you got to pack everything up and haul it down the road. So to me, it does make a lot of sense for them to keep, keep it at two nights, you know, post pandemic era. Would you play pay WrestleMania prices for a two night event. Uh yeah, I mean if for if, if I could get tickets for both nights. I don't know if I would do if I don't know if I would pay what I pay for my New Orleans season. I don't know if I would pay it for one night of WrestleMania. If you're something I'm getting that saying I'm getting both nights for what I paid for WrestleMania, you know, New Orleans, you know, when we did New Orleans, that'd probably be worth it to me. Because I'm still getting the same kind of content for my dollar value, but if they're like, "Hey, it's 500 bucks for you know nosebleed seats for one night, and I'm only getting it three hours," <laughs> I don't know if I would say that'd be worth it. Yeah, I don't know. I it's definitely it's still in the pandemic era of professional wrestling, and the pandemic era has not ended based off of vaccinations and dwindling hospitalizations and confirmed cases and what have you. Um, so I think WrestleMania 37 certainly gets a pass. It'll be interesting where WrestleMania 38 is a year from now and where we as a society are from a year from now. So is the two-night WrestleMania thing here to stay? We'll see. Um, last year made sense. This is like the really the first go of it with fans back in the stands for WWE. So it'll be an interesting weekend coming up here, and we'll continue to get you ready for WrestleMania 37 here on the Still Real to Us show. Uh, and speaking of WrestleMania 37, we have, we have some card updates here, Dr. Trey. Uh, some additions to the card. Uh, Cesaro versus Seth Rollins. Big E versus Apollo Crews for the Intercontinental Championship. Roman Reigns and Edge is now a triple threat match with Daniel Bryan for the Universal title. Matt Riddle versus Sheamus for the U.S. title. Strowman versus Shane McMahon is now a cage match. And uh, this match is announced, and we'll certainly have a lot to talk about it here momentarily. Kevin Owens taking on Sami Zayn. Uh, Owens and Zayn aside, Dr. Trey, your thoughts here are Cesaro Rollins, Biggie Apollo Crews, uh, Riddle Sheamus, and then Reigns Edge Bryan is an updated match, and Strowman Shane in a cage match has been added to WrestleMania 37. I mean, Cesaro and Rollins at WrestleMania, like with a two-night show, means they should get a decent amount of time for this match, which I'm really excited for because those are two of the best in-ring guys. And it's been a pretty decent storyline buildup. Uh, you know, you still got, you know, where does Nakamura fit into this? You know, is Buddy Murphy going back to Seth? You know, you got some things like that that can kind of play into it. So I'm looking forward to that one. The uh, the triple threat match with, with Edge, Reigns, and Brian, I, I, I like because I really like the, all three of those guys. So I think it's really good. To, and it, it really is, you know, three guys that, you know, had to retire, you know, over the past, I mean, even though, you know, Roman was 
wasn't an actual retirement, but we still got the same emotion out of it that we did from Edge and Daniel Bryan as well. Um, Shane and Strowman. I know you're excited about that one. I mean, I was trying to figure out what tall structure they would use so Shane could jump off of something. Uh, and I guess, uh, you know, Shane's like, hey, I haven't jumped off a steel cage at WrestleMania. I mean, I know it's not uh, the greatest environment for WrestleMania, but hey, uh, I don't think, when was the last time we've had a cage match at WrestleMania? I so got a steel cage match. I was going to bring that up, actually. I The one that immediately comes to mind to me was WrestleMania 2. Hogan versus yeah. King Kong Bundy. I can't uh, think of anything else. No, because usually they up the ante. We, we've had Hell in the Cells, uh, a bunch of ladder matches. Um, I can't think of one either. So, I, like, the last one I could think of was Hogan Bundy as well. Yeah, that's all I can think of. Um, feel free to chime in at SRTU Podcast on Twitter if you know which. Last time, the last time a cage match was a WrestleMania. I figured that'd be something. It's a historic match. It's a classic gimmick match. I love that it's going to be on the WrestleMania card. You figured WWE would run with that and say, hey, this was the last time a cage match was on the WrestleMania card. Um, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Dr. Trey. That is the last match here. And um, I didn't watch SmackDown Live on Friday night. I watched it on DVR Saturday morning. And uh, we all felt that this was the direction it was going to go. And when it was finally made official, it was um, it was an overwhelming feeling, uh, an emotional feeling. We have been doing this podcast since uh, since 2010, and the very first time I was introduced to Kevin Owens, then known as Kevin Steen, and Sami Zayn, uh, allegedly formerly known as El Generico, was at Final Battle 2009, ROH, um, at the Manhattan Center in New York City. It was the very it, I, We were invited. I was doing a podcast at the time called The Wheelhouse, and we were invited by Kerry Silken to, uh, to attend the event. And the one thing, um, the, one number, the number one thing that stood out to me was the Kevin Steen turn on El Generico in their tag match, which I believe was against the Young Bucks. Uh, you go back to that card. That card is like stacked top to bottom. If I remember correctly, like Cesaro and Kenny Omega were in like a fatal four-way opener match. And I think Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly may have worked the dark match as their tag team back then. It's completely insane to see where the direction of professional wrestling is now. Um, but back on point, Kevin Steen turns on El Generico and it kicked off this feud that I have always felt like to me is one of the best wrestling feuds I have ever witnessed. And I felt a part of it as a fan because I went to every one of those New York shows and every one of those New York shows had some sort of turning point involved, whether it was the uh, street fight with Steve Carino and Kevin Owens and El Generico and Colt Cabana uh, or the end all be all match at 2010's ROH final battle. Like it was one of the best poetic feuds I've ever seen. And Right then and there, as a fan, I immediately connected to Kevin Steen and El Generico. And those were, I always use this analogy, they were like we saw Metallica in the grungy club before anybody else did. And when those guys, both those guys legit made it to WWE, I was legitimately thrilled and excited for them. When the WWE Network 
launched. Sami Zayn was was building up as a character. The very first NXT arrival show, he has his two out of three falls match with Cesaro, puts on an absolute wrestling clinic. Um, months later, Kevin Steen signs. He debuts at that following year, and then we we have their feud kick off uh, immediately. And it was um, it was insane. It was really insane to see those guys performing at this level. But it was – I remember telling friends at uh, at the radio station job that I had in Connecticut that, like, you, you got to watch these matches. You got to watch these guys. Like, I was telling them about them before anybody else really knew. And it was cool because it's 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 relatable for any of us who go through – a stage of our life, no matter what we're trying to do or what we're trying to accomplish, you could relate to what both those guys went through. They um, they worked hard. They stayed humbled. They stayed modest. They put their head down. They knew they were the best workers in the room. They had great minds for professional wrestling. And they've gotten everything to that they, they deserve handed to them at this point. And I want to say handed to them. They earned. That was the wrong word to put in there. And it's just... Just crazy. There's just some sort of strange connection with those two guys. And I've always said that like the dream match scenario for me would be a one-on-one match between Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn. I think most people would be like, I want to see The Fiend versus The Undertaker, Sting versus The Undertaker, Randy Orton versus John Cena again, um, Roman Reigns versus John Cena, Roman Reigns versus The Rock. Like Those are the dream matches. Legitimately for me, it was Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens. And the reason because I've been on this ride. I haven't been on this ride with them as long as obviously they have and their family, their friends and other fans. But I've been on this ride with them for 11 years. I'm invested in it as just as a fan as anyone else. And to see them reach this pinnacle, to reach this platform, this stage, it's crazy. It's it's just a feel-good story. Um, both relatable guys, inspirations, role models for a lot of people. It's uh, it's overwhelming. It's an emotional thing to see, Dr. Trey, and I'm enthralled by it. I never thought I would see or say that uh, a match on a WrestleMania card like made me feel like really, really good, but this one really has. It's It's put me in a place where I'm like, these guys deserve it, and I could not be any more happy for them. And uh, I feel like it's not only a victory for, for them, but it's a victory for their fan base. This is proving, and they will prove uh, at WrestleMania next week, that they deserve to be showcased on the stage one-on-one doing what they do best, and that's fighting forever. You know, it's the, you're kind of the guy that got me into Ring of Honor. Like, I didn't know much about it when – back in 2010 and the first time I saw Kevin Steen, like a lot of people don't know this, but like I really wanted to be a pro wrestler. I had saved money up uh, actually to go to Shawn Michaels wrestling school in San Antonio. And then circumstances got controlled and I could never go. And then I never knew how to get back in. And uh, the first time I saw Kevin Steen, I was instantly hooked because I'm like, there's a guy that isn't the tallest guy, little on the chubby side, but loves to run his mouth and talk. And I was like, that would have, that's who I would have been. Like that was my idea for like who I wanted to be was just look like the, every guy off the street, tough as hell fight and just run your mouth. And then when you see L, you know, 
the uh, Sami Zayn, the rumored El Generico. You're like, man, that's, that's like everybody's favorite sidekick. Like he's Robin to Batman, you know, and, and <laughs> watching these guys fight, scratch, claw their way up. You, you kind of got to invest them because it felt like they were so relatable. It felt it, it felt in a lot of ways like you knew them. And, and these are the guys that whether it's sports or, or politics or wrestling, those are the guys you gravitate towards. And then. Watching them finally make it to WWE when people were telling them they'd never get there because they didn't look the part. They didn't look like Chris Masters. They didn't, you know, fly like the Luchadors. They were just pretty good at everything, you know, but they didn't excel at one area. And, and but finally seeing them get to NXT and then to the main roster and, and watching their classic battles, you know, either together or as a team, you know, you just knew at, at some point we were going to get to this. And, and it's in a, in a weird way. It feels like this is the first time they've interacted at WrestleMania. It's like their third or fourth time, you know. But it's, it's we've never gotten the one on one. We had the ladder match a couple of years ago. Then, you know, at, at the WrestleMania that was in New Orleans, we had them team up against Shane and, and, and Daniel Bryan. And it's like, but now we finally get that, you know, one on one encounter. Um, and you're just you're just so happy for those guys because you invested your emotions in them because you feel like. Every time you watch them perform, they're literally giving everything they have every single performance. So um, I, I'm just super excited. Like there is part of me, Jeff. I mean, I'm a nitpicker. I wish this was a little bit longer build up. I wish it was a little bit like you know, it wasn't you know, kind of jammed in there the last couple weeks. I wish this was something I've been building up for like a you know, a couple months. But anyway, they have so much history and so much chemistry. That you can overlook it because you know they're going to deliver in the ring. They're going to give everything they have, and quite possibly they're going to, they're going to steal the weekend. Uh, as long as they get the right amount of time and they don't get cut short, I mean this match is probably going to steal the weekend. And I can't I could be more happier uh, and excited for this. I mean, I mean this is a guy that <laughs> we almost got his we almost got Kevin Owens' dad on our show. Like Jeff's seen him at Disneyland. I mean Disney World. I mean. We've come so close to getting him on the show, uh, but to see them finally have this opportunity at WrestleMania, I, I can't, I couldn't be more excited for him. Yeah, like uh, I tweeted this out on Saturday morning. Like I truly feel like if the podcast, if this podcast was to end after eleven years and five hundred and eighty-one straight episodes of SRTU, like now it could rest peacefully, like knowing that this has happened because it, it it's it's a full circle because this was this this was the feud that like ushered in that very first year of SRTU and, and what we were talking about and just captured us and revitalized our our love and our emotion and, and, and all that stuff that comes from professional wrestling. And it was two people that um, I think others would think would least suspect, but they won over people so much, like especially when you hear about that feud and how uh, some powers that be tried to stop it from continuing forward and not have that ending it's it's amazing it's just amazing that's really it and and yeah there's been like this weird hovering around kevin steen kevin owens forever on this podcast um i had wrote written a blog for him uh, about him I've, i i wrote a blog for a camel clutch blog 11 10 years ago about this feud um it was tweeted out and i just remember kevin owens writing and, and he would write a lot in character and really wasn't as complimentary as he is now um, to wrestling fans and he just wrote this guy gets it and it was about that feud and how much it meant to me and how much it it, it just captured my imagination as a wrestling fan 
Uh, I had the guts at that point to email him because he had like his booking email up on his Twitter. And I just was like, Hey, I wrote this blog, blah, blah, blah. And, and just talked about the love and passion that I had had for professional wrestling and like what that feud meant to me. And I didn't think of anything of it and I didn't expect him to write back. And he did. Um, and it meant the world to me at the time. And it was a big inspiration for a lot of things because what those guys were doing, if anybody was behind, I mean, anytime you start out, like, and you're trying to achieve your dreams, like there's a lot of people telling, you no, and that's how I felt like those guys were going through, but it's always good from wrestling fans, especially, you know, this is how we've always lended ourselves forever is to be positive and not be the negative wrestling fan. And, um, you know, hopefully that they realize like, yeah, this wrestling fans are behind this, no matter what's going on behind the scenes. So that was pretty cool. And then, yeah, I mean, we've, uh, or I've had, uh, a, a friendly back and forth over the year on years on social media now with, with Kevin Steen's dad. And, um, yeah, he, uh, he did everything, everything he could to get his son on here for the 500th episode, um, which would have been really cool. And I feel like that would have been – if I could get Sami Zayn and I could get Kevin Owens and I could just like spend a podcast where we talked about that feud at ROH, um, right then and there I would be like, done. This is it. I can't do anything more uh, for wrestling podcasting and I could walk away from this, enjoy everything that I've done, and um, – and know that those I finally got those interviews that I've been searching for forever, but for the time being at least. Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, WrestleMania 37. For some of you guys listening to this going like, wow, what the hell, man, this is pretty deep. Um, those who've been on this podcast bandwagon forever understand why. And it just goes to show you that hard work does pay off. So congrats to both those guys. I look forward to what they will be doing at WrestleMania 37 next weekend in Tampa Bay, Florida. Uh, moving forward here, Dr. Trey, some wrestling fans are up in arms as Peacock is reviewing all WWE content for potential removal of controversial moments. This story comes from Wrestling Inc. Uh, Peacock has removed the WrestleMania 6 match between Bad News Brown and WWE Hall of Famer Roddy Roddy Piper, where Piper wrestled with half of his body painted black and cut promos in blackface. Peacock has also removed the 2005 Survivor Series segment where Vince McMahon dropped the N-word to John Cena. Peacock is currently reviewing all 17,000 hours of WWE content to ensure it aligns with Peacock's standards and practices, according to the Hollywood Reporter. WWE will be made aware of edits. WWE and Peacock expect to have the WWE library available for viewing on demand in time for SummerSlam in late August, but all classic content will be reviewed before it is added. I also saw before coming on the podcast here that WWE or Peacock has removed the uh, Degeneration X parody of Nation of Domination, where X-Pac was in blackface imitating Mark Henry that has been removed from the, uh, the programming as well. Uh, Dr. Trey, which content is next to get the ax here? Is it everything from the attitude era? Is it any divas gimmick match before 2010? Is it the Katie Vick angle? May young Mark Henry gold dust, razor Ramon gold dust, Ahmed Johnson stretcher angle. Pillman's got a gun. Like I am not, this is not to sound political and I'm pretty moderate when it comes to politics in general. But I'm not a big fan of cancel culture when uh, sometimes you just have to acknowledge that programming and content and shows that you watched 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago may be insensitive nowadays. And you have that disclaimer up there, but we know it exists and we know that entertainment wise, we just need to do better. Uh, I'm not a big fan of canceling things. I, I, I don't agree with 
the programming back then, but I have enough common sense to go, wow, when I watch this now, this was cringeworthy. They shouldn't have done it. And that's what I acknowledge when I'm watching it. Your thoughts here on the removal of content from Peacock and the WWE Network? Yeah, I'm, I'm not a big fan of cancel culture now or when I was growing up. Like, I remember growing up, you know, the, uh, what oh, was it? Uh, blah, 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 blah. Black Crows had to change an album cover because of, you know, moderate, you know, because of right Republicans. And I've seen it on both, you know, now we're seeing it go the other way. Like, we, I've seen it on both sides. Um, and I'm not a big fan of it. Like, you know, everything I've grown up watching, never did I go, like, you, you, if, if your parents did a decent job raising you, you kind of know what's right and what's wrong and what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. And there were things growing up, even watching wrestling, as, as much of a diehard fan as I am, I'm watching it going, yeah, it's funny and it's great, but yeah, you can't do this in real life. Like, it's like, you got to just kind of know. And so, and I don't get the concept of we're going to scrub a pay service. Like, you're watching this, but it's not on basic TV. It's not even on cable TV. You actually have to go out of your way to find this content on a service that you pay money to watch, but they're going to sanitize it. Like, none of it makes sense to me. And then where do you draw the line? I mean, there's a lot of programming now that because of violence, they put disclaimers on. Well, it's wrestling. Everything is violence. And who's to say Peacock doesn't go, hey, you know, all these matches, you know, WrestleMania 13, Austin bleeding and passing out, that that could offend somebody. So we're going to take that match off. You know, uh, go back to the old AWA, like when the horseman broke Dusty's leg and a riot broke out in the Greensboro Coliseum over it. Yeah, that, that can hurt somebody's feelings. We're going to take that off. Like, it, it's, it's to the point now, uh, like, political correctness and cancel culture to me is just, I, I'm so over it. Just let people make their individual choices and decisions and then just go from there. Um, that's that's what America is supposed to be about, right? Yeah, that's my thing, too. Um, I have enough common sense that when I'm watching the programming to go, uh, uh, you know, that's just, you know, nowadays it just, that's a little insensitive and, and you watch and you move on. I don't sit there and I go, uh, I'm going to go out and do blackface. Like it's just, you gotta, you gotta use, use your head a little bit more about it. Uh, I understand that things are different nowadays. Even like when Piper did the bad news Brown thing, it was, that was cringeworthy then. Um, when, when, when Vince McMahon dropped the N word in 2005, not a, nobody was like, "Wow, that was hilarious." I never found that funny. I was like, "That's a blemish as a wrestling fan." It's, you know, I'd love to del- delete plenty of of bad content that wrestling has done over the years, whether it be uh, insensitive or not. But we know it exists, and and it's not going to change anything. So. Uh, <sighs> I just think it's bad because basically programming from like 97 and 2002, it just doesn't exist. Like, are they just going to blur the Godfather every time he comes down in the <laughs> ring? Like, are they going to blur Val Venus? Like is, uh, Kai and Ty and Val Venus, is that not going to exist? Yeah. You know that, you know, choppy, choppy, your pee pee's gone. So I just, I hate to say it for the fans of Takamichinoku and, and, uh, Dick to go. Uh, I'm so- are they going to bleep out Dick Togo's name? By the way, is that going to be too much? Is is there, are they going to look at that and go, yeah, we can't do that? You know, are they going to start like bleeping you? Know, uh, oh, Beaver Cleavage? Like, is that just going to go away as well? Like, I mean, just names where you just go, hey, I, I get the double entendre guys, 
Uh, are the are the are the, are the, the was it the oh what was it the Johnsons? You know, that was that was like, TNA. But yeah. yes, I mean, it's just it's like where do you draw the line? You keep you keep pushing, and this is the thing I've always talked about, like with with parenting. Like when you have a little, so there's like boys and girls. So this is a parenting tip for all you all all you younger fans out there. If you have a little boy, and you set a rule, a little boy will just bust through a rule, like he'll run right through it, smash it. But a little girl, she'll just keep pushing the line. Like you tell your you tell your daughter, "Hey, don't run in the house." She comes back five minutes later, skipping. And you say, "Hey, I said don't run in the house." No, daddy, I'm skipping. Okay, when well, I'm skipping, then she comes back trotting like a horse. I say, "I said no, no skipping and no running." Uh, daddy, I'm trotting. Well, don't do that. No trotting in the house. And they come back a little bit later. She's speed walking. That, but the line keeps getting pushed farther and farther back, and that's how I kind of feel like when it, when it comes to cancel culture or political correctness, where. You push that line for the sake of one good thing, but then somebody else goes, oh, we need to push it back a little bit farther. We need to cut this out. We need to cut this out. We need to cut this out. And next thing you know, you're just stuck with a bunch of like Billy Robinson matches from 1955. Yeah, there's going to be no attitude there. It's yeah. just Godfather comes down, you hear uh, his music, and then he's just blurred the entire time. The entire match is just blurred. You think something's wrong with your TV? Blurry. Uh, a guy who did push the envelope... In the early 2000s and late 90s, Dr. Trey, that I don't think canceling would would make their way sim, even though he was part of a cancel culture, a stable very briefly in Impact Wrestling, is the latest inductee to the WWE Hall of Fame class of 2021, Mr. Monday Night himself, Rob, do it with me, folks, with the thumbs, Rob Van Dam. Dr. Trey, I was a huge RVD fan, late 90s, early 2000s. I love the move. I'm happy to see him in the Hall of Fame. Your thoughts here on the decision by WWA? Yeah, I mean, he was a big part of you know the the, the whole you know ECW movement, and if you're if you're gonna start putting ECW guys in the Hall of Fame, which I think is long overdue, um, you know he's he's probably the best choice because not only did he excel in ECW, but he had a great career in WWE, and he's excelled in other places. And I'm just waiting to see what Vince reacts when he sees um, Rob's wife's butt. Uh, Katie Forbes has a huge backside, and you know, there's always that great meme of Vince in the chair, leaning back. Oh, oh. You know, I just kind of with Stacy Keebler. Yeah, yeah, but you see it for everything. You know, you see it for like Roman Reigns versus, you know, Jobber, and Vince has got the smile on his face. And Roman Reigns versus a big car guy. Oh, that's good. And then they you know, follow you, whatever it is. That meme, like I just picture Vince's face doing that when he sees Katie Forbes show up for uh, you know rehearsals for the Hall of Fame. Uh, and just you know, goddamn Rob, wow, <laughs> that that's my kind of woman. There, we gotta get her a contract. <laughs> we'll, see, we'll see Katie Forbes in a, in a, in a Brian Panties match at some point in WWE. Vince will figure out a way to put that in there. Katie Forbes is solely responsible for the reason why they have a disclaimer after every com- before coming out of every commercial break heading into Impact Impact Wrestling. By the way. Yeah. Uh, for those that uh, aren't aware of who Katie Forbes was. Once again, congrats RVD. Long overdue. Love steam in the Hall of Fame. Class of 2021. I can't wait to see you his uh, induction speech this upcoming Tuesday. Uh, Dr. Trey, uh, every Friday night, partially Saturday morning, I sit down and watch SmackDown. Uh, I watch this, w- this week's past week's edition of the show, obviously. And all I could think of was about the close of it was I have felt like if there was a first quarter award for the best wrestling show in 2021, SmackDown would get my vote. 
Do you feel the same way? Do you think SmackDown is the best wrestling show on television right now? Or is there another one that has uh, the apple of your eye? Uh, it's really hard because, I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, NXT is really still hard to beat. But I don't know if I feel like they've plateaued, but there hasn't been that. I mean, the Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly feud is, is fantastic. Um, the Balor stuff with Karrion Cross, Walter and Ciampa. You know, these are really compelling feuds to me. But SmackDown's been really good as well. The stuff with Roman, the stuff with Edge and Daniel Bryan's been great. You know, great. The stuff with Cesaro and Rollins has been great. Sammy and, and Kevin Owens, we mentioned earlier. You know, Sasha and Bianca. Like, I mean, it's been really, really good. So, I mean, it, it's it's splitting hairs for me with 1A and 1B. Uh, but, I mean, just how far SmackDown's come just since the Otis-Mandy era uh, is pretty fantastic to see how much they've, I mean, that was just nine months ago. So they've, they've come a long way in picking up their programming. Yeah. There's been a lot of good depth on that show. Um, the Roman reign stuff, I've been just a gigantic fan of, I think it's been incredible what they've done with him and what he's done as a performer this year. Um, the Daniel Bryan edge, Roman Reigns' storyline has been really good. I hated the stuff at Elimination Chamber, but now you look back at it, and it's kind of foolish of what you said, but you know, we live in the moment when we review those shows, and everything makes sense now as of April 1st, which is something that I even said going back to him. Like, hopefully this all makes sense in like six to eight weeks, and it has. The Apollo Crews Big E build, the tag team division, the women's division, Bianca and Sasha – um, even when the women's tag team titles are being showcased on there, Sammy and Kevin Owens, like everything has been built very, very well, an enjoyable show front to back. And it's just two hours long. I really wish Monday Night Raw would see what they're doing on SmackDown and try to carry it over. And I think they've made very good progress on Raw. The Bobby Lashley, Drew McIntyre stuff has been good. The Sheamus stuff has been good lately. And Matt Riddle, I think, is becoming like this unsung hero uh, on WWE programming right now as someone who is really going to connect with fans, hopefully when they get back into the arenas sooner rather than later for the live crowds. But I, I just feel like out of all wrestling programming, that includes AEW, NXT, Impact Wrestling, anything that I watch, I think SmackDown's the best right now, Dr. Trey. So I, I at least from a first quarter perspective... I feel like I would go with SmackDown as the best show wrestling show so far in 2021. You just made me think of something. You mentioned Matt Riddle, and, and I had said on uh, last week's show that I'm becoming more and more of a Matt Riddle fan. I didn't really care for Matt Riddle in NXT. I, I do like this incarnation of Matt Riddle. Um, and I think part of it stemmed from that stuff he was with Pete Dunne in NXT. But, Jeff, um, you put Matt Riddle and Rob Van Dam in the same building at the same time. I, I just don't know what's going to happen. But I, I, if they don't take advantage of this for at least, I don't know which night their Matt Riddle matches on, but if they don't have a Rob Van Dam, Matt Riddle interaction during WrestleMania weekend, I will be sorely, sorely disappointed. I think you just booked something there, Dr. Tram, with you. It would be a missed opportunity. I feel like we will see that either on Saturday or Sunday night during WrestleMania 37. Uh, and then lastly, Dr. Trey, I saw this uh, on WWE's Facebook page, I think, over the weekend, and uh, I couldn't believe that it's been 20 years. And I felt like this deserved like a week-long celebration on WWE Network on Peacock. But uh, it was the 20-year anniversary 
of one of the most, if not the sh- most shocking moment in wrestling here history when Shane McMahon showed up on WCW Monday Night or the last show on TNT and WWE bought WCW. It was 20 years ago this past week, Dr. Trey. I remember vividly seeing, I think it was on USA Today, and then I went to WWE.com, and I've talked about this on the past on the show, and I just saw the logo. Sometimes you could still see it on uh, on Google Images that they posted on WWE's front page, and it was the WWE logo. It's I think it said buys, and then it was the WCW logo, and it was just mind-boggling. It was absolutely mind-boggling, boggling, one of the most shocking things I've ever seen before. Uh, seen in professional wrestling, given the circumstances at that time, and then seeing Shane McMahon show up on D- WCW Nitro was just bonkers. 20-year anniversary of that type of tray. Let's feel old. Yeah, because, I mean, there, there, are, there are certain, th- you know, fixed points in your life that you can go, I remember exactly where I was, you know, when this happened. And, and, and the sad thing is, in a lot of ways, it's always the bad things. Like, we all know we were at when 9-11 happened. Um, I, I, I think, you know, March 11th of last year when the pandemic finally hit and everything kind of shut down, I think people remember where they were at when that happened. Um, you know, me being a little bit older than Jeff, like I remember where I was when the challenger exploded. I remember where I was when the Oklahoma city bombing happened there. There are weird, these weird fixed points in your life. And for me, wrestling has a couple of those. And, and that is definitely one of them. I remember I was actually living in uh, one part of North Carolina dating a girl on the other side of the state. And I was driving out there to spend the weekend with her. And I remember stopping at a gas station uh, and, and seeing that USA Today paper in the box. Yes, people, USA Today used to be inside of a box. You could buy it for like 50 cents up to a dollar later on. Uh, but I remember seeing it in the, like the headline of the sports section. WWE buys WCW. And I was just taken aback because I really wasn't the online news guy back then I didn't really go looking for stuff. I kind of like just played it by ear and it just totally caught me off guard. And then seeing the simulcast and, and, you know, seeing WWE showing, you know, WCW and, and vice versa. And then how the show closed. Like I remember vividly where I was at and literally sitting there thinking, Oh my God, this, this changes everything. And it, it did. So it, it's crazy. I think it's 20 years ago because that makes me really feel really, really old. Because uh, I was a grown man that could buy alcohol when that happened, and now I'm a, uh, I'm almost a senior citizen, I think. So uh, it, it's crazy to see it's 20 years, but that that was one of those finite points in, in a wrestling fan's life where you're like, yep, I remember exactly where I was when that happened, uh, and it changed the landscape of wrestling for 20, literally 19 years. 19 years, WWE had no challengers, so it, it's it's one of those moments that stands out forever. And before anybody corrects me, it was actually the WWF logo. It said purchases and then the WCW logo on the homepage. I remember dial up internet and I remember just seeing it like slowly. You remember those days, Dr. Trey, when like a big image would just take forever to load on your computer screen? You would slowly see it drop down. Yep. You know, it was just it, so you'd see the top of the old WWF logo. You see the top of it, the top of it, the little bit of the F kicking out and a little bit of the swoosh. Yeah. And then you get, you get to the bottom, you like, it was weird. You watch it slowly drop down, and then when you get to the bottom, you have to stop and then look at the picture in its entirety to really grasp what you're seeing there. But yeah, I, I definitely remember that. Uh, underrated wrestling logo, the WWE version of WCW. I love that logo. I have to get my memory and get it refreshed because I'm not sure if I actually remember it. Oh, just type it in to Google here while we're uh, wrapping up the show, like WWE's WCW logo. <laughs> it was red. And it was a little bit more compact. 
I thought it was actually a good WCW logo. When it was, did it have like a heavy black shadowing behind it? Um, sometimes it did. I think it was like black yeah. outlined. But yeah, uh, yeah check that out on Google Images. Yeah, the last WCW uh, you know, logo that WCW put together was god awful. Oh, it was <laughs> awful. That like, silver compact deal. Yeah, it was trying to look like a starburst thing, like starbursting type look to it. And I was like, "What? What am I looking at here?" Like, I didn't get it, but because I was, I, I was weird. I liked the old WCW purple and yellow, yeah, with a little bit of silver logo. I always liked that yeah. one, and then even the original Nitro WCW logo. But then when they went to that weird star thing, I was like, "Yeah, the, the, was, they probably paid a marketing company like tens of millions of dollars to come up with that, and it was just horrible." Yeah, yeah, go out there, check it out there, the uh, WCW version of WWE, WWE's version of the WCW logo. Uh, I actually thought it was really good, but I'm with you. I think the original purple and yellow WCW logo was just perfect for it and didn't need to to be changed like they did uh, later on with that awful silver spaceship-y-looking looking logo that they had for WCW. So 20 years ago, March 26, 2001, WWE buying WCW and Shane McMahon showing up on Monday Nitro. One of the most shocking, if not the shocking moment in professional wrestling history. Uh, with that said, let's get a couple plugs and sponsors out of the way. You could download the show every Thursday at thebowershow.com, WrestleChatNet on Twitter, and the Still Realta Show iTunes feed. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to help us climb the charts on iTunes. You can follow us individually on Twitter for myself at SRTU Jeff. Ever Dr. Trey Franklin at the Dr. Trey. And of course, don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at SRTU Podcast. With that being said, what is going on in the wonderful world of Dr. Trey Franklin this week? Well, like Jeff said, you can follow me on Twitter at the Dr. Trey. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram. Search out old Dr. Trey Franklin. You'll find me there. Uh, if you're on Facebook, check out Rocket Feet Championship Wrestling. We have a big show coming up this weekend, uh, headlined by our first ever Scrapyard match which I'm really looking forward to seeing how this plays out uh, as we build towards Rocket City Wrestling Con 4 coming up May 15th. Uh, and for all your Rocket City merchandise, you can check us out on bootandheel.com or actually on the uh, Pro Wrestling Team store as well. We have a couple of things up there as well. So just search out Rocket City Championship Wrestling and you'll find us just about everywhere now. So support all those great things that support the Still Real Tush show. And once again, programming note, big programming note, the podcast will be available on Tuesday morning. We will make it available, maybe even earlier on Monday night, so keep it locked in there. But Dr. Trey and I will be recording the podcast on Monday to preview and predict everything that will be going on WrestleMania 37 week. Uh, And then we will be back the following week on April the 15th to recap everything from WrestleMania 37 week. And then we'll probably have to go away on vacation and take a break from professional wrestling after that. So programming note, uh, either Monday night, Tuesday morning, next week's edition of the Stutter Realtor Show to get you ready for WrestleMania 37 will be made available. So uh, until next week, thank you for making us part of your week by downloading this week's edition of SRTU. For Dr. Trey Franklin, I'm Jeff Beck. This is the Stutter Realtor Show.
whatever you're funny, Peacock's got it exclusively. Stream classic sitcoms like The Office, Parks and Recreation, and Two and a Half Men. Plus, catch Peacock original comedies like AP Bio and Saved by the Bell. For all your exclusive comedy faves, go to PeacockTV.com and get started. Whatever you're funny, Peacock's got it exclusively. Stream classic sitcoms like The Office, Parks and Recreation, and Two and a Half Men. Plus, catch Peacock original comedies like AP Bio and Saved by the Bell. For all your exclusive comedy faves, go to PeacockTV.com and get started.